Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. The last set of mingled kingdoms, there's 10 of them. And we came to a phrase in Daniel chapter 2 that talked about the iron and the clay representing a kingdom. And the iron was the they, and the clay was the seed of men. And we got a prophetic view of what the last ruling kingdom on earth is going to be before Christ comes back. He's going to break that kingdom into pieces. And in Daniel chapter 2, verse 40, he says he's going to bruise it. And from there, we look back at Genesis chapter number 3. The serpent and his seed will be bruised, and we tied that together. And uh, the last two messages, you can get all that information again as a way of review. But in Genesis chapter 3, last time we looked at this uh, issue of this mingling of the sons of God and the seed of men, we saw in Genesis chapter 3, ye should be like gods. And when Eve heard that, it wasn't like she didn't know what he was talking about. Serpent said that and seemed like she knew exactly what he was talking about. Can make that as, as an inference. And then we looked at Genesis 6, the flood of Noah's day, and what was on the earth? Giants were on the earth. The sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. We looked at that second Peter. Uh, chapter 2 verse so we tied that those three things that were being talked about fallen angels genesis flood and then sodom and gomorrah and we looked at genesis 14 and we saw the zuzims we saw the refiums we saw the emmons and they all and we ran those verses and we all saw that before god rained fire and brimstone down on sodom and gomorrah what was on the earth giants now that's by way of review and now we're coming to to Numbers chapter number 13, and we're going to pick up this study on giants on the earth in Numbers chapter number 13. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Lord, do come to you. Need your help. We go through these matters in the Bible. Pray that it's edifying to your saints. Go through quite a bit of passages tonight. We do, we do hope that um, it's edifying and that we can all glean some truth from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Numbers chapter number 13. I want you to see something. Uh, verse number. Verse number one. Watch what. Watch what it says. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Genesis chapter 13, in the very beginning of that chapter, what does, it, what, what does it say there to do? Search what? The land. But you know what's interesting about that? When you run the cross-reference, which is what we're going to do, go to Deuteronomy. Flip forward one book to the book of Deuteronomy and look at chapter number one. Here's what's interesting about the cross-reference. 
Deuteronomy chapter number one. Look at verse number 22. Well, look at verse number 21, rather. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, fear not, neither be discouraged. Now, in the cross-reference in Deuteronomy, when it gives the account here, in verse number 21, we don't see the Lord telling them to go and search out the land. But we see it in the Numbers passage. We see it in Numbers 13. Why? Well, look at verse number 22 in, in Deuteronomy 1. And you came near unto me, every one of you, and said, you know what they said to Moses? We will send men before us. And they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. It seems like God said one thing and the people had a better idea, except it wasn't a better idea. What's interesting about it is that you can see the hint of their unbelief in the cross-reference in Deuteronomy. If God told you to go up and possess the land, why do you got to search it out? You know what I think God did? Same thing he did when they wanted a king. <laughs> okay. We, we, we want to have a king to rule over us. And what did God do? Well, it wasn't God's will. It was the people's will. And God said, okay, I'll give you what you want. And I really think the same thing happened here when we get to Numbers 13. God said, okay, that's what you want to do. That's not really what I want for you. But if that's what you want, I'll grant it to you. And so we end up in Numbers 13 and they go in. And let's go down to verse number 17 in Numbers 13. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And so Moses sends them. And we see that very clearly in the passage. Now, by the time we get down to verse, uh, verse number 22 in the same chapter, watch what it says. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahaman, Sashai, Talmai, and here it is, the children of Anak. Who are those children of Anak? Go to Deuteronomy 2. Uh, Deuteronomy 9, rather. Deuteronomy chapter number 9. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go into possessed nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven. Verse 2, here it is. A people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, 
whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? They're great and tall. You know who they're going to run into? Giants on the earth. That's who they're going to run into. And they're, they're going to be, we've saw them showing up and they're going to continue to show up all throughout the message tonight. Look at verse number 26 back in our Numbers 13 chapter. Look at verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel. Under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. That's who they saw. Giants. Numbers chapter number 13. Look at verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, this is great, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men went up against him, said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And here it is, last verse. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Now, a couple of thoughts. God's got them prepared to enter the land of Canaan. They want to go out and search it out. They do. And they get afraid. You say, well, wait a minute. The study we did last last time, I thought I thought they were wiped out by the flood. I thought they were wiped out in Sodom and Gomorrah. I want to show you, go to Genesis 6. I want to show you this verse. These giants keep showing up. Look at Genesis 6, verse 4. <laughs> Genesis 6 verse 4 Watch what it says There were giants in the earth In those days When the sons of God Came in under the daughters of men Now what did I skip I skipped four words That I wanted to draw your attention to It says There were giants in the earth In those days And watch And also after that these giants keep showing up. And when I go back to Genesis 6 and I read that and I read that and I read that, it pops out to me. They weren't all wiped out. 
And Genesis 6 seems to tell us in a prophetic type way, there were giants on the earth in those days. And also after that, and that's the after that in Numbers chapter number 13. God, he wants a pure seed through that nation of Israel. Now, we've been going through our Romans verse by verse in chapter four, and we saw that that the supernatural seed was was an Isaac thing and the natural scheming plan of man was an Ishmael outcome. God wants the offspring to be pure. Which is why Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? He was pure. He was upright. There was no mingling. There was no mingling. No sons of God in in Noah's in Noah's offspring. He was a just man and perfect in his generation. And we talked about that last week. But Joshua and Caleb in Numbers 13, Joshua and Caleb, what did they do? They trusted what God said. It, and we all know they entered into the promised land. The other 10 spies that went in, they didn't. They didn't. And they perished in the wilderness. Um, and you can, um, what, I'm, what I'm making is this, I'm making this connection between if God said Noah, just and perfect, his generation, no intermingling, that's what I believe it, it, it was. He had no sons of God intermingling at all. Joshua and Caleb could be trusted. Could be, they could be trusted because they believed what God said. Now we know the other ten, they they didn't go into the promised land, and, and, and Joshua and Caleb did. And I may be uh, drawing an opinion here, and, and so I'm, I'm telling you up front, it's my opinion. If they went into that land, if they didn't trust what God told them, maybe they would have started having some intermingling in their seed. And God wanted a pure seed. And whether that's true or not, I don't know. It's fun to think about. But the other thing that happens here, when they're compared, if you and I compare a giant to ourselves, it's as if it were a grasshopper. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why are they comparing the giants to themselves? They would only do that if they didn't trust God. Joshua and Caleb had their eyes on God. If they all trusted God, those giants are nothing in comparison to the Lord. They're, they, those spies are only as grasshoppers, which gives us a very clear picture that they really were giants. But they're comparing themselves to the giants and they're like, oh, we're his grasshoppers. That's their problem. They were looking at the giants instead of God. And if they had their eyes on God, they would have saw it how Joshua and Caleb saw. We're just going to go in and take it. I'm telling you, we need some more Caleb's. Hey. Let's go in and possess it. Hey. Well, do you see what could happen? Do you know what's over there? Do you see what? Oh, no. God said to do it. Let's do it. 
He didn't look at the difficulty. He didn't look at the problem. What did he say? Look at verse 30, I think it is. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. Don't you think we have to prepare? Don't you think we should? No, let's just go ahead. God told us to do it. Let's do it. You know what happened, though? The same thing that happens in a lot of churches in America today, sadly, but true. Joshua and Caleb got voted out by the people. You know what they trusted in? Democracy. And it was their downfall. The will of the people said, no, we're not going to do it. And they got voted out. And they didn't go in. And you get enough people together that make a decision. Typically, the majority isn't right. The word of God's always right. Most people don't side with the word of God. And so what happened? Joshua and Caleb were outnumbered. And democracy replaced the will of God. It's a sad day uh, in Numbers chapter number 13. But let's fast forward. Let's fast forward and go to Joshua, the first chapter. We'll get back on our giant theme tonight. The first city that they're going to conquer was Jericho. It was right in the middle of Canaan. And in ancient times, they say it was known as the city of giants. And in Joshua chapter 1, watch the strong wording in verse number 18. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against the commandment, and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him. He shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. That's rough. God's serious. Listen to what I say. Or die. And as soon as the priest's feet hit that Jordan River. Boom. It's just like the, it's like the water piled on top of each other. And they're clear to go through the Jordan River. And it's it's go time. It's go time. Joshua 6. Let's fast forward. Joshua 6. Verse number 2. And the Lord said unto Joshua, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and where did we see mighty men? Back in Genesis 6, I wrote the verse down. There were giants in the earth in those days. And, all, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men which were of old. And God's going to give Jericho as the first victory that's conquered in that land of Canaan. Look at verse number 15 in Joshua chapter 6. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they arose about, uh, they rose early about the dawning of the, of the day and compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And they are getting the instructions here to march. Uh, and the city shall be uh, accursed even in it, verse 17. And all that are therein. To the Lord, only Rahab the harlot shall live. She and all that are with her in the house 
because she hid the messengers that we see. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest you make yourself accursed. When you take the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel accursed and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Look at verse 21. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and oxen, sheep, and ass with the edge of the sword. People ask all the time. If you've been a Christian any length of time, you have been asked this question by a lost person. Who's this God of the Old Testament where there's all this slaughter and killing? You know why there's all this slaughter and killing? Because those giants keep showing up on the earth. God got rid of them at the flood. God got rid of them before Sodom and Gomorrah. When they showed up in Sodom and Gomorrah, God's getting rid of them. And when they're conquering Canaan, he's starting in Jericho. Everybody's wiped out. Why? Giants are over here. Look at verse. Oh, remember what we said in, in Joshua 1. God said, you listen to everything I say and do all that I command or what? Death penalty. Joshua 7. We're at verse 19. Look at Joshua 7, verse 19. We all know this story. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel. Make confession unto him. And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. Thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels weight. Then I covered, coveted them and took them. And behold, they're hidden the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran into the tent. Behold, it was hidden his tent and the silver under it. He took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the garment, and the wedges of gold, and his sons and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, the sheep and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought him into the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones unto this day, so the Lord turned from the fierceness of his angry anger, wherefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Acorn unto this day. And that is and that just a sad story. I mean, that's one of the saddest stories in all the book of Joshua. God said in Joshua one, do what I tell you to do. They conquer Jericho. They're going to go conquer Ai. But Achan decides, I'm going to keep some stuff. And God said, don't do it. 
and it ends up costing him his life. And you know this whole conquest of the land, God told him in Deuteronomy, we looked at the beginning, go and possess it. Well, we need to go search it out. They search it out. They don't believe God. Doubt sets in. They never enter. They end up dying in the wilderness. Achan end up stoning. It's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. There's a lot of preaching out of Achan. We're going to stay on our topic of, of, of giants because that's where we're at. And go to Joshua 8. And, and now we're going to actually conquer Ai. And look at Joshua 8. Look at verse number 23. And the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. It came to pass when Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai. More slaughter in the field, in the wilderness, where they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed. And all the Israelites returned to the Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was, verse 25, that all that fell that day, both of men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. 12,000 people of Ai slaughtered. For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out a spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. Only the cattle and the spoil of that city Israel took for a prey unto themselves, according to the word of the Lord which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burnt Ai and made it in heap forever, even a desolation unto this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until even time. God told him, they sent spies in, they saw giants. And God told him, when Joshua and Caleb are going to go start that conquering. And they go from Jericho to Ai. They are slaughtering everything. Why all the bloodshed? I believe it was because of the giants. And they keep showing up. They keep showing up. And every time they show up, there's a judgment that is pronounced by God. And they're, and, and, and they're conquering that land. When you get to Joshua 12, watch. We'll tie some thoughts together here. Look at verse number one in Joshua 12. You have to put your thinking caps on because I want to get this in, in your head. Now are the kings of the land which the children of Israel smote and possessed their land on the other side, Jordan, toward the rising of the sun. From the river Arnon unto Mount Hermon and all the plain on the east. We're talking about the east side right now, the Jordan. Look at verse number three. And from the plain to the sea of Chinneroth on the east. And under the sea of the plain, even the salt sea on the east. Look at um, verse number four. And the coast of Og. King of Bashan, which was the remnant of the giants. You know, it was on the east of the Jordan. Giants. Og, king of Bashan, that dwelt at Ashtaroth, 
and Edrei. When Ashtaroth shows up, that's the queen of heaven. That's a big problem. And her holiday is, the Chaldean name is Ishtar. That's the mother goddess Ishtar. And giants are waiting there at, at, at Ashtaroth. Look at um, Deuteronomy chapter number three. I'll show you that. Go back to Deuteronomy. Look at the third chapter. This Ah, king of Bashan, is a bad dude. Deuteronomy 3, verse 11. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth thereof it, after the cubit of a man. I mean, that's what I, I mean. You can do the math later, but what's a cubit? 18 to 20 inches, depending on it's a long bed. <laughs> that's a big boy. That's Og, King of Bashan. Who's there? Giants. That's the east side. Go back to Joshua, 12th chapter. Verse number five. We'll pick it up in Rain Mount Hermon and in Salka and in all Bashan. Under the border of the Jerus, uh, the Jerusharites and the Maccathites and half Gilead, the border of Shehan, king of Heshbon. Them did Moses, the servant of the Lord and the children of Israel smote. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it for a possession on the Reubenites and Gadites, the half tribe of Manasseh. So we see there in those first five verses, these are the kings defeated. By Moses on the east side of the Jordan. Why did I say all that? I said all that to say, who's there? Giants are there. Og, king of Bashan, is there. They are all over the place. All over. They're on the east side. And watch. Verse number seven. And these are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel smote. On this side, Jordan, on the west. At the end of the verse, which Joshua gave under the tribes of Israel for a possession, according to their divisions. Go back to Joshua 11. I want you to look at, uh, just look over a page or turn back a page, depending on how big your Bible is. Look at verse 21 in Joshua 11. And at that time came Joshua and cut off the Anakims. Who were the Anakims? At the end of that verse, Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. Verse 22, there was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza, in Gath, in Ashdod, there remained. We're going to get to Gath next week when we do part three of Giants on the Earth. On the east side, there's giant, or, right? On the east side of the Jordan, there's giants. Og, king of Bashan, that whole thing. Moses, we, we, we saw that. On the other side of the Jordan, on the west side, what do you have? Same thing. Giants. Anakims. Part of that giant race. Bad news. Um, 
Joshua 13. You've got giants all over the place on the east side and on the west side. Joshua 13, verse number 12, the Bible says, Oh boy, all the kingdom of Og and Bashan, which reigned in Ashtaroth and in Edrei, who remained of the remnant of the giants. For these did Moses smite and cast them out. You got a remnant in giants. Moses is conquering them in Bashan. Joshua 15. Look at verse number 8. Uh, Joshua 15. And also get Second Chronicles so we can get our cross references. I know this is a lot of turning tonight, but sometimes it's good to do a lot of flipping the pages. Joshua 15, look at verse number 8. And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnom under the south side of the Jebusite. Now, what was this valley of the son of Hinnom? Let's go to Chronicles and see if we can get a cross-reference and find out what's going on in that valley. Second Chronicles, verse 28. Look at verse number 3. Second Chronicles 28. We'll start at verse 2. For you walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made also molten images for Balaam. Moreover, he burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom. You know what's going on in the valley of the son of Hinnom? Incense burning. You know what else is going on? Wicked, vile abominations. And burnt his children in the fire after the abomination of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. That's Ahaz. Yeah. Those giants are in the valley of the son of Hinnon, and they are sacrificed also and burnt incest in the high places and on the hills and under, this is an interesting verse, every green tree. These giants are showing up and it's sacrifice. It's pagan worship. Do you know why? Because that seed mingling, the sons of God, those fallen angels mingling with the daughters of men. And we got a race of giants and they're all over the place. They see him in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Second Chronicles 33, that's not all. If that wasn't enough. <laughs> Second Chronicles 33, look at verse number six. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also, he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit. And with wizards, he wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Horrible pagan witchcraft worship is going on, and you know who's around? 
the giants. Look at verse number, uh, go back to Joshua 15 and look at verse number, number eight. And the border went up by the valley of the son of Hinnon under the south side of the Jebusite. All right, we looked at what was going on, the valley of the son of Hinnom, right? Second Chronicles, same as Jerusalem. The border went up to the top of the mountain that lieth before the valley of Hinnon westward, which is at the end of, guess what? The valley of the giants. They're all over. They're all, all, all over. Two more verses and then we're done. Joshua 17, look at verse number five. Well, in Joshua 17, they, they're, they're complaining. Some have been given territory, and so they're complaining to Joshua in Joshua chapter 17. He basically tells them, well, look at verse 16, because this is the main verse I'd like you to look at. And Joshua answered them, if thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country and cut down for thyself there in the land of parasites, and of the giants, if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. The main point I want to make regarding this verse is, well, Joshua told him, hey, to get to work. But you know, you know what's still you know where they end up now? Not only in the valley, the son of Hinnon, not only were they on the east side, the west side of the Jordan, they're in Ephraim. They're all over the place. Bad, bad. Bad news. Last verse, Joshua 18. Watch where else they show up. Joshua 18, verse number 16. And the border came down to the end of the mountain that lieth before the valley of the son of Hinnon, and which is in the valley of the giants on the north, and descended to the valley of Hinnom to the side of Jebusee on the south and descended to Enrogel. And you read verse 15, you'll see, uh, and the border went out on the west, went out the well of waters in Nephtoa. So it looks like in Joshua 18, we see there's a valley of the giants and they're ending up on the western side of Jerusalem. Why do we run all those verses? Because these giants keep showing up all over the place. All over the place. Now we did our rabbit, we're still on our rabbit trail off of Daniel chapter number two. When you look at verses 38 all the way to verses 43, and you see this mingling of these, the last kingdom that's ruling, that's going to be ruling before Christ comes back. You know who's going to be on the earth? Giants. Giants. I know the tide altogether. You got to go back and listen to about three messages because we, we have one message building upon another. But they seem all to be interconnected. You say, I don't know about that, Brother Jimmy. Well, you don't have to know about it. I'm just saying that this is why we're doing this on a Thursday night, not a Sunday morning. It's a lot of it's a lot of Bible, it's a lot of stuff. But we're not done because the famous giant. We, 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 uh, well, a more biblical way to say it would be the champion giant. There's only one champion in the Bible. We're going to find out what happened to him next week. And we're going to tie in 
some very interesting things concerning Goliath, the giant. And we'll see that next Thursday night. But tonight, can you see all these giants? They're all over the place. God's wiping them out. And in, in Daniel 2, that prophetic view, he is going to crush and bruise. What did we see last time? That seed of the serpent. Daniel 2 is giving us a prophetic view on how Christ is going to destroy and smash and set up his stone kingdom. And it's all about him bruising the serpent seed. He's going to wipe it out. Why? Because the serpent, Satan, wants the kingdom. This whole thing has been a battle for a kingdom. And that's what he wants. And we know who wins, but nonetheless, still fun to run Run the verse. Praise the Lord. All right, let's break. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.